Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Folks, we're teetering on what could be an economic meltdown, threatening to wash away our savings and retirement. Inflation has surged to levels unseen in 40 years. Gold is the smartest and most responsible investment you can make for you and your family in times like these. A safe haven asset that protects your purchasing power and your wallet from inflation. When it comes to protecting your IRA or 401k, trust only the best. My friends at Allegiance Gold. Allegiance Gold has earned the highest trust ratings in the precious metals industry and builds relationships based on integrity, expertise, and impeccable service. Get up to $5,000 in free silver on a qualifying purchase when you visit protectwithlou.com today or give them a call at 844-6484-LOU. Don't wait. Take control of your retirement today. Call 844-6484. 84-L-O-U and speak with one of their experts. Time is of the essence. Protect your future with Allegiance Gold. Visit protectwithlou.com or call 844-648-4LOU. everybody. I'm Lou Dobbs. Welcome to The Great America Show, and it's great to have you with us. We have with us today a great guest, Ken Paxton, the Attorney General of the great state of Texas, who has just beaten the uh, tar out of the rhinos and the Marxist Dems in Texas, and oh yes, in Washington, D.C., overcoming uh, impeachment charges, phony charges, as usual, from the left. But we'll be talking with him. I'm excited about it. I hope you are as well. That coming up here shortly. The Marxist Attorney General Merrick Garland having a day. He displayed arrogance and duplicity in his testimony before the House Judiciary Committee. It was a rough session for Garland and the corrupt Biden regime. Garland was caught in lie after lie. Accused by one member of Congress of perjury, Congressman Thomas Massey asked Garland, how many agents or assets of the federal government were present? among the protesters at the Capitol on January 6. Garland said he didn't remember, he didn't recollect those numbers or what they were, that he didn't know the answers. And Congressman Massey called him out on his contradiction. When I said how many agents or assets of the government were present on January 5th and January 6th and agitating in the crowd to go into the Capitol and how many went into the Capitol, can you answer that now? I don't know the answer to that question. Oh, last time, you don't know how many there were or there were none? I don't know the answer to either of those questions. If there were any, I don't know how many. You've had- I don't know whether there are any. I think you may have just perjured yourself that you don't know that there were any. You want to say that again, that you don't know that there were any? I have any? no personal knowledge of this matter. I think what I said the you've, last time. You've had two years to find me. out. And today, by the way, that was in reference to Ray Epps, and yesterday you indicted him. Isn't that a wonderful coincidence? On a misdemeanor. Meanwhile, you're sending grandmas to prison. 
You're putting people away for 20 years for merely filming. Some people weren't even there yet. You've got the guy on video who's saying go into the Capitol. He's directing people to the Capitol before the speech ends. He's at the site of the first breach. You've got all the goods on him, 10 videos, and it's an, and it's an indictment for a misdemeanor? The American public isn't buying it. And that wasn't the only time Garland was caught in a lie. Garland was asked by Congressman Mike Johnson if he's had personal contact with anyone at the FBI regarding the investigation or potential prosecution of Hunter Biden. Garland's response was telling, and it was ugly. Here it is. Have you had personal contact with anyone at FBI headquarters about the Hunter Biden investigation? Uh... Don't re- I, don't, I don't recollect the answer to that question, but the FBI works for the Justice Department. It's, uh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You don't, recollect, you don't recollect whether you've talked with anybody at FBI headquarters about an investigation of the president's son? I, I don't believe that I did. I promised the Senate when I came um, before it for confirmation that I would leave Mr. Weiss in place and that I would not interfere with his investigation. Okay, did I you ever... Kept, I have kept that promise. Johnson then asked Garland about a process that the FBI whistleblowers said was cumbersome. They testified against David Weiss and said they were slowed down by Weiss as they went to charge Hunter Biden. Garland said that was just opinion. Listen to this. Are you aware that FBI officials have come before this committee and they have stated that there was a cumbersome bureaucratic process that Mr. Weiss had to go through to bring charges in another judicial district? You know that? I'm not aware, but that's not true. There's nothing cumbersome about the process. So those whistleblowers are lying to us under oath? Those whistleblowers are lying? I say that. Their, Their description of the process cumbersome is an opinion. It's not a fact question. Garland really is quite something, isn't he? It certainly wasn't a fact answer, though, was it? Garland's troubles didn't end there. He even had some trouble answering questions from perhaps the biggest Marxist dim of them all. A Democrat. A radical Democrat. A Marxist dim Democrat. A lying Marxist dim Democrat by the name of Adam Schiff. Schiff asked Garland if President Trump was lying when he told Meet the Press that Joe Biden ordered Garland to prosecute him. Here is his answer. Was the president telling the truth or was he lying when he said that President Biden told you to indict him? No no one has told me uh, to indict. And in this case, the decision to indict was made by the special counsel. So that statement the president made on Sunday was false. I'm just going to say again that uh, no one has told me uh, who should be indicted. Uh, in, uh, in, in, in any matter like this, and uh, the decision about indictment was made by Mr. Smith. Can you believe that? Garland couldn't even give a straight answer to one of his fellow travelers, a fellow Marxist den. Perhaps the most telling exchange of all came when Congressman Jeff Van Drew asked the Attorney General if he believes Catholics are extremists. Attorney General, I need a simple yes or no to the following. Just yes or no, because we don't have much time. Do you agree that traditional Catholics are violent extremists? Yes or no? Let me answer what you've said in that long list of... of, I'm at, it's, and I'll be happy the, to answer all of those. Attorney but General, just, I control the time. I'm going to ask you to answer the you, questions you, I asked. You control time by asking me a substantial number of things. And I, let I me didn't give, ask you those things. I, I made a statement. The, Attorney will, General... 
Through the chair, I ask you, do you agree that traditional Catholics are violent extremists? Okay. I have no idea what, your, what the traditional uh, means here. The Catholics, idea, let Catholics me just, that go I to church. Your, may I answer your question? Yes the or idea no. that someone with my family background would discriminate against any religion is so outrageous, Mr. so absurd. Mr. Attorney General, it was your FBI your that did this. It was your FBI that was sending, and we have the memos, we have the emails, we're sending undercover agents into Catholic churches. Both I and the director this of the is, FBI the, have said the that we were appalled have said that we were appalled by that memo. So then you agree the that they're not extremists? We were appalled by that memo. Are they extremists or not, Attorney General? I think that... Are they extremists or not, Attorney General? Everything in that memo is Are they appalling. extremists or not? I'm asking a simple question. Say no if you think that was wrong. Catholics are not extremists. No. Was anyone fired for drafting and circulating the anti-Catholic memo? You have in front of you the inspection uh, division's investigation. Just tell me yes or no, please. I don't know. We have the no time. I don't know the answer to that. It took Garland a minute and a half to answer a simple yes or no question. Garland clearly lying once again. And to be clear, Garland has a long track record of targeting Catholics as attorney general. Over the weekend, a good friend of the Republic, a strong patriot and warrior for the right, was requited from an impeachment attempt brought by the Marxist Dems and Rhinos. Baseless charges, but nonetheless an impeachment. Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton cleared on all 16 articles of impeachment that stemmed from bribery allegations that had been cooked up by the left in Texas. We knew then and now all of them to be false. Texas Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick, a great American, now vowing to launch a full audit of the sham impeachment for the months of wasted time and months of wasted taxpayer money. Millions of taxpayer dollars have been wasted on this impeachment. 31 senators and a large Senate staff that made this trial possible have put their family life, their jobs, their business on hold for the last three months after already being here from January to June. I'm going to call next week for a full audit of all taxpayer money spent by the House from the beginning of their investigation in March to their final bills they get from their lawyers. We will provide our cost as well that were forced on us by the House impeachment. One big difference, we didn't pay a huge team of outside lawyers and investigators. We did it mostly with our own staff working endless hours with no extra pay. As Representative Smithy said, this is not the way it has happened in the past in the House. That's why I believe we've only had two prior impeachments. Our founders expected better. It should have never happened this year. And hopefully it doesn't again, unless we address this in the Constitution. And finally, members, may God continue to bless the greatest place God ever created on Earth, the place we call Texas. It's also worth noting only two rhinos in the Texas Senate voted to impeach Paxton. State Senator Robert Nichols of the 3rd District and State Senator Kelly Hancock of the 9th District. Those two rhinos deserve, in my opinion, to be primaried, primaried immediately. And our guest today is a man who is an outstanding Attorney General of the great state of Texas, a great American, Ken Paxton. Ken, great to have you back with us on The Great America Show and back in your rightful role as Attorney General. I want to begin by saying congratulations. I know the people of Texas are thrilled 
and a lot of lot of sorry son of a guns are wailing and their teeth are gnashing. I hope they are crying. Your thoughts about the rhinos and the Dems who went after you? You know what? I didn't know it was coming. It was all secret. It was done behind closed doors. No transparency, no opportunity to respond on my part. They didn't even want to hear what we had to say. Um, it was, I think, largely controlled by the Democrats because people don't understand in, in the Texas House, there's 150 members, 65 are Democrat, and they block votes. They pick out the Republican that will give them the most. They deliver 65 votes, and that's that's usually who we end up as speaker. And I think what happened was the Biden administration was sick of us suing them. We sued them 48 times since Joe Biden's been in office. And I think the Democrats in, in Washington came to the Democrats in Austin and said, this is what we want. And, of course, the speaker being controlled by them uh, was more than happy to oblige. And that's how all this got going. It, it was a sad state of affairs, and it was all unfortunately done with no due process. And thank goodness, I really believe it was the people of Texas that spoke out, that were praying for me and talking, that had the impact in the Senate that, that obviously kept, kept me in office. And they brought, the, the, the Marxist Dems brought 16 articles of impeachment against you, 16, any one of them, any one of them would have disqualified you as attorney general. And it would have gone down as an yeah. impeachment. That's outrageous. Uh, how they did you react? Brought, they actually, well, they actually brought 20. There were four that the Senate put in advance. But the idea was throw as much at me as possible, hoping without evidence that one of them kind of stuck. And then if you throw enough mud, maybe just the overwhelming mud would sink me on one. That was the, the theory. So they didn't really um, focus on you know evidence or uh, elements of law that I, I violated. They focused on just slamming me in every possible way, having the media, which was there, was aiding and abetting them. They were able to leak all kinds of stories, even though they had a gag order. We both had gag orders, but it didn't really matter for them because they would just leak it to the media. And they knew that. And so they did, every day a new story would hit me. I couldn't say anything. I wasn't allowed to say anything. And they were hoping that just by the end I would be worn down, I would resign. I think that was the ultimate hope. And I just decided, you know what, I'm going to make them vote. If they're going to do this to me, they're going to have to vote, and they're going to have to go put this out in public, all of it. I heard a number of, uh, of uh, Dem Democratic senators uh, saying uh, after the vote, uh, I mean, they were just, they were whining like they were victims uh, in your impeachment. I, I mean, it was, it's amazing who those people are. Uh, they don't sound like Texans to me. That's, uh, I'm a Texan. I was born in uh, Children's, Texas. And for a Texan to whine like that after being a snake and trying to go after somebody, I, I mean, there's no principle left. I don't recognize uh, those folks as Texans. Do you? Well, it's, it's, it's sad because so many of these Republicans have been co-opted by the speaker. Uh, he puts pressure on them. He basically they were told this was a leadership vote. What that means is if you don't do what you're told, you're going to lose your committee assignments, your committee chairmanship. You're going to lose your money for your next race and you're basically done. And I know that that, that was the message that was delivered because these Republicans didn't know what the charges were. They didn't know anything about this. It was all kept secret. And think about that. They did this in the last week of session when things are insanely busy, when they're trying to get everything done after, you know, because we only have a session every other year. And they did it the last couple of days. They did it like literally from start to finish. Investigation was one day. Hearing was, was the same day. 
And then two days later, I, I was I was uh, suspended from my office. And they didn't know the evidence. They were just told, here's what you say about it. And and that's what they did. They were, they, they were directed and they did what they were told. And you had some folks from your, your own office uh, working against you. Uh, talk about snakes. I mean, good Lord. Uh, you know, and I, and I have to say, I, I, did that shock you? I honestly, when it happened three years ago, I was stunned. I had no idea. They didn't come and talk to me. If they had just taken a few minutes, they were missing information because they just didn't know everything. And had they taken just a few minutes, this would have never happened. And yet they secretly planned this. They enlisted, you know, they went over to the governor's office. They went other places. I'm convinced they went and talked to, to other senators. They turned me over to the FBI, and I had no idea what they were talking about. Even when they sent me the text claiming that I, I violated some law, I didn't know what they were talking about. I had no idea. And even to this day, the only one that they came up with, which they made up, was a supposed bribe that they had no evidence of, and they couldn't prove because it never happened. Well, and they went to the FBI, apparently, and had no evidence. Uh, by the way, I have to say something. Watching uh, the, the the progress of the of the, the trial over two weeks, uh, and I can't say that I watched all of it, but I watched some of it. Uh, you had an attorney by the name of Tony Busby. I, I want to say to you, uh, you keep that fellow with you. Uh, because you know what I love about a great uh, a great attorney, uh, a defendant attorney or a prosecutor, you know whose side he was on by the tone of his voice, his tenor. He wasn't uh, going through some sort of cold recitation of citations, facts. He was passionate in his support of Ken Paxton, and uh, as well as a brilliant, uh, a brilliant attorney in, in everything he did. So I just I just had to say that to you. No, and I'll say this. I, I'll say this publicly. I love Tony Busby. He was, you're right. He dedicated his, his life to, to helping me over a four-month period. Uh, I'd say a majority of his time over that four months went into understanding this case. And I know that Tony, after he, he knew the facts, once he, you know, because he didn't know the facts before he got here, uh, once he knew the facts, I think he was completely committed to helping me because he knew that this was wrong and that these employees had basically, uh, they had obstructed a real investigation of potential wrongdoing by the FBI and by the Department of Justice that had we gotten to finish it, we would at least known the truth as to whether they had violated state law, whether they violated federal law, and whether they were doing things that were, were not right. But we'll never know that because these guys decided on their own, after quietly cooperating with the FBI to stop this behind my back without telling me, they stopped a real uh, legitimate uh, questioning of what was going on at the FBI and the Department of Justice. We're talking with the Attorney General of the great state of Texas, Ken Paxton, a great American. And we will continue in just one moment. Stay with us. We'll be right back. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. 
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We're back with Texas Attorney General Ken Paxson. And Ken, you're... You mentioned the FBI as we went into that uh, quick break. The idea that they went forward, those deputies, to the FBI without evidence, and that the FBI seemingly very eagerly took up the opportunity to go after one of the Republican all-stars in America and go after Ken Paxton. That's the way it looked from my vantage point. How about from yours? Oh, there's no doubt. And part of it was they were, I think, concerned about the what that investigation might have turned up. And by by coming to my people in my office, and, and, and stopping them from acting without my knowledge. And by the way, they also stopped a, an investigation of Sherry. They actually were trying to stop an investigation of Sherry, which I'm still confused about why they wanted to stop that. Again, we'll probably never know the answer, but they were very effective in, I think, scaring people in my office and uh, making them feel like they were being threatened themselves. And that's, I think, part, part of what happened was just the fear of facing um, the truth and uh, facing a, a significant force, which is, you know, federal law enforcement, both legal and and uh, just, you know, police. Yeah, the, the FBI is not the agency that we once knew. It is a it is a police state arm. Uh, it is uh, rife with corruption. It is not a there's no longer the opportunity because of all that has been discovered uh, through eight years of political persecution of Donald Trump. Uh, it is no longer the same agency. It, it is uh, a group of I, I don't know what you would call them. They're thugs. They've committed more crimes than all of the people they've charged in politics over the course of the past eight years in the swamp. Uh, the only President Trump hasn't been found guilty of any wrongdoing. And four directors of the FBI have been caught lying. Uh, at this point, I, I think I, I just like to get your idea about what we have to do uh, with the FBI to bring them uh, to both justice uh, and to rein back their 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 power. Look, I'm, it's it's a scary thing that's going on in this country. I I mean that's one of the reasons I decided to stay in this fight, not walk away, because this is starting to look a lot like other countries. I remember Stalin had his uh, secret police guy say that show me the man and I'll show you the crime and that's what it right. feels like today I don't know how it's much different or what they did and you know, what they're doing in other totalitarian governments how is it any different when you look at the politics how they're being so political and how they're weaponizing law enforcement so I think the answer is I mean we've got to elect somebody uh, of course I'm a, I'm, I'm a Donald Trump fan somebody that will go back in and, and literally from from the ground floor, reconstruct this so that we have we have law enforcement that actually cares about doing the right thing. And I know there are people at the FBI that do. I know there are lots of people that do. The leadership, though, has been so corrupted that um, both the Department of Justice and the FBI are no longer credible or trustworthy. And whenever they go after a political figure, it's hard not to think what 
that it's being done for political purposes, especially when you look at how, how they let off other Democrats who look like they've done certain things and don't really get investigated or prosecuted and how they seem to target people like President Trump and me. Uh, absolutely. And without question. And the other day, talking on this uh, on this show uh, with Stephen Friend, he, he told me he's a former FBI agent whistleblower against uh, the brutality of uh, that was brought to bear by the FBI on January 6th, uh, a, a man who stood his ground and uh, also uh, was a whistleblower against the use of tactical teams uh, being used to serve a, a you know misdemeanor uh, warrants for crying out loud at 6 a.m. and killing people. Uh, he told me about the incentivization of of the management of the field offices by the FBI for the crimes that they went after. And specifically in the bonus part was uh, in the indictments of domestic terrorists, so-called. Uh, I mean, we're looking at something now. It was just political persecution and prosecution on the part of the FBI. Now we're talking about economic and financial corruption within the FBI itself. Uh, look, none of that surprises me. I can see just on the surface um, there are many problems. And, of course, the media doesn't address it. They stay away. And I'm not talking about you, but I'm talking about the mainstream media doesn't address it. And the reality is they should be very fear fearful of this because this is this is the government uh, that doesn't care about doing the right thing anymore and potentially goes after innocent people to ruin their lives in every way possible. That's really scary for, for a country that's, that, that has never had to live under that, at least you know, since our founders got here. Yeah, it's it is. And and to hear Merrick Garland, the attorney general testifying for the House Judiciary Committee, talking about how it's a very dangerous time for uh, FBI agents because of the intimidation of, uh, of people uh, who are upset with the FBI. He says it's a very dangerous time. Here is the leading intimidator in our justice system talking nonsense to the Judiciary Committee as if it's some sort of uh, that he is not the intimidator. This this Look, Justice I, I can, Department. Let me just say this. What, sure. Yeah, but as soon as, as soon as he came out and threatened parents for speaking at, at publicly about certain aspects, whether you know it was it was criticizing what was going on with the, the vaccines or or sex education in in schools, where they were going to be investigated, he put together a task force of law enforcement to investigate parents to try to intimidate them. Mm -hmm. I have. I was hoping that this guy, supposedly going to be on the Supreme Court someday, would have some type of, of, of feeling for doing the right thing. But that was disgusting, despicable, and somebody that clearly cares about power and doesn't mind intimidating people with his, with his bully pulpit and with law enforcement. That's wrong. Absolutely wrong. And what he did before the House Judiciary Committee asked uh, directly uh, if he agreed with the statement that uh, uh, that in sending FBI uh, agents into Catholic uh, churches, uh, if he agreed with the statement that uh, conservative uh, Catholics uh, were uh, basically domestic terrorists and he refused to say no. I mean, he refused to say no. This man is evil. I swear to you, Mr. Attorney General, this man is evil. And I and I want to I can't tell you how happy I am. Uh, and I know millions of Americans are that Ken Paxton is the attorney general of the great state of Texas. We always give our guests the last word here, as you know. And uh, your concluding thoughts, Mr. Attorney General. 
Look, Michael Cleveland, first of all, thanks for having me on. Uh, I love your show. I've lo- I loved your show when you were on Fox uh, Business and Fox. And I just, I'm really grateful to have this opportunity. I, I was elected by the people. I wanted, I want to serve them. And we nearly had a, a disaster where, where the political class decided that I couldn't stay. So I'm really grateful to the people of Texas for not only electing me, but supporting me in this process because I, I certainly felt their their support in all kinds of ways, including their prayers. And I'm really grateful to be back doing the work for them. And I promise them this, that I will, I will work as hard as possible to, to defend them and to make sure that, that we continue with a constitutional form of government. Thank you very much, uh, Mr. Attorney General, for being with us. We appreciate it. Again, our congratulations and to the uh, people of the great state of Texas. Uh, it is, uh, it's assuring to all of us to have a great American and a great American warrior in the fight to save this republic uh, win out against evil. God bless you. We appreciate it, Mr. Attorney General. Thank you. Thanks, everybody, for being here tomorrow. We're joined by Emerald Robinson. So be with us tomorrow and each and every weekday. Follow me on Twitter and Truth Social at Lou Dobbs and on Facebook and Instagram at Lou Dobbs Tonight. And as always, go to LouDobbs.com. Thanks, everybody, for being with us. God bless you, and may God bless and save America.